Hey everyone, welcome to the industry show. I'm your host, Nitin Bajaj, and joining me today is Datta Dave of Tulsiya. Datta, welcome on the show. Thank you, Nitin. It's uh, good to be here. Thank you for uh, inviting me to be here. Our pleasure. So in a minute, tell us who's Datta. Datta is uh, a, uh, a guy from Southern California who, um, you know, like like so many others probably watching or you know by their first generation indian american um i i think i'm a little bit maybe strange in the sense that my parents moved from india to america and i've moved from america back to india uh but i think you know like like many uh, probably watching a very similar background of having been raised and brought up with uh you know traditional indian parents in in southern california and and have uh you know, found my way back to India, which has just been an incredible experience for me over the past decade. That's phenomenal. Tell us a little more about what you do for a living. Sure. Uh, so I, uh, you know, I grew up, um, you know, doing a lot of theater and, and really interest in the arts, but of course um, had the sort of um, probably rightly so sort of the, the push from the parents to also focus on on things that might be uh, sort of safer. And so I, I grew up, uh, you know, uh, doing theater while at the same time in college studying economics and accounting, uh, went, in, went into management consulting, which eventually led me to be an expat in India. Mm -hmm. uh, while I was out there uh, being in, in Bombay, which is, you know, Bollywood and, and, you know, so many sort of folks in media and entertainment out there, I met a uh, filmmaker named Shaker Kapoor. And while working with Shaker Kapoor, who's this brilliant filmmaker, um, he's done films like Elizabeth and Masoom and Mr. India. Um, it made me realize that, wow, we have such great writing and directing talent out there. And, and I wondered if there could be a way to formally work with some of these content creators. That led to us starting Tulsi about 10, 10, 11 years ago. And Tulsi is essentially a, uh, if you're familiar with management companies and agencies in, in the West, it's very similar to that. We started with the notion that we wanted to be strong advocates on behalf of creators um, and also help them think about their careers as well. Um, and that's also now evolved into representing not just writers and directors, but representing producers and actors and composers. Um, but also because the, uh, the sector out there is not as structured mm -hmm. as it is say in the West, uh, we also find ourselves uh, working in an advisory capacity to some of the production companies and studios and platforms as well. That's awesome. So you gave us a sense for who you represent. Could you also maybe talk about the geographies you represent within these sectors? Sure. So we started with uh, with India, and in India, you know, of course, in in Mumbai initially, uh, Hindi language content represents you know about forty percent of of motion pictures of movies released every year. Obviously, with uh, the burgeoning of OTT services, we're starting to see um, you know platforms interested in making um, high quality series in other languages as well. Um, so we represent uh, talent uh, that work in um, you know in Malayalam. Uh, Tamil, uh, Gujarati, uh, Bengali, uh, across the board, and Marathi as well. Um, and then, and then recently, we started. You know, what we felt was that um, you know, look, it's it's why a lot of us are are even, you know, immigrants or, or children of immigrants because a certain level of opportunity didn't exist um, at the time. And I think that 
what we're seeing is there's really an opportunity to help unlock the value of, of human capital and of creative human capital. And so in other emerging countries, uh, we've been um, exploring similar models. So we have started representing talent in, in some of the countries in Africa, like Nigeria and Kenya and South Africa, um, looking at um, specific markets in, in Southeast Asia and LATAM as well. Oh, so pretty much the whole of the emerging sector how big all of the emerging sector the one thing i would add to that nitin is that you know while being obviously very cognizant that the epitome of media and entertainment is 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 hollywood um and so we we also um have started working with a few folks in in los angeles and and have a small core team working out of la just looking at um specific talent or um or producing opportunities outside of la I see you in a way you're kind of coming back home <laughs> which is which is nice to be able to do so true yeah. In terms of the, the opportunity, you know, this is a huge industry. Tell us a little more about in terms of quantification and also within the space, what specifically are you working on? So, um, I, you know, the, the market, you know, when you look at it from a classic, you know, what's the market size? It's, it's constantly growing, right? I mean, if we've seen sort of, um, you know, how, how digital growth has, um, you know, expanded, exploded, even the time of the pandemic where, you know, people are consuming more content than, than perhaps ever before. Um, so with that and the proliferation of more players, there's, um, you know, an ever increasing demand for content. Um, so with respect to that, in terms of our core business, where people are trying to find great writers or great directors, um, there, are, um, there are probably more opportunities out there um, than we even know what to do with, um, where our team is constantly, um, you know, trying to find really good, really talented, um, emerging or established writers and directors. Um, so, so the market opportunities is, is significant. Um, and sorry, I, I missed your, the second question. No, in terms of the specifics of sure. you know, what you're addressing in, in, in that space. Yep, sure. So uh, for, for that, Nathan, what we're, we're really doing is we want to um, be very specific about the types of talent we represent. We want them to be uh, extremely high quality. Uh, if, if you've watched shows like Sacred Games, we mm -hmm. put together the writer's room for that. A show like Batalok on Amazon mm -hmm. Prime, we put that show together. Another show like Lila. Um, this past weekend, a show came out, came out, which has not been released outside of India yet, called The Gone Game a thriller set in, in the times of pandemic. Um, and so at Uri, which was a big, big motion picture hit, um, Lipstick Under My Burqa. Um, so we represent the talent or content associated with projects like these. Um, and in, in many instances, we're actually putting together these uh, projects as well. Um, so for us, it's about, um, you know, if there's, if there's high quality content coming out of India, um, more often than not, we find, and, and, and we're very lucky uh, that, that our talent's associated with, with those projects. And I think that's because from, from the onset, we've been um, very specific and, and, and very good about curating the types of uh, talent and, and content that we're representing in the market. In terms of your customer, how would you define who the typical customer is and, and maybe even how do they find you or how do you find them? So, um, you know, our, our client is, you know, typically a, t a talent, you know, a writer or director and, um, you know, we're, we're constantly either at, at film schools or, you know, in time, of course, you know, once you, you represent a certain amount of uh, talent and, and their body of work, uh, it leads to word of mouth as well. So, 
we meet a lot of our clients, sometimes through other clients where, you know, uh, an established writer will say, hey, here's this up and coming writer and it would be great if you could help her out or help him out. And um, that's, been, that's been very exciting for us too, to be able to um, find someone who is extremely talented, but just doesn't have the right access or, or hasn't been put in front of the right people. So to be able to do that is, is, is really um, fulfilling uh, and, and exciting. Um, and then of course, there's, there's the other, other side of it too, which is, which are the buyers, the, the producers, the studios, and very important to have a good relationship with them. It's, it's not, it's not just about selling our talent to them. Of course, it's about understanding really what their, what their needs are. Um, you know, we're in unprecedented times with respect to, um, you know, the, the streaming wars and, you know, all the platforms trying to get subscribers. So really understanding from, you know, each of our buyers, you know, what, what is their content strategy? Um, what kind of talent are they looking uh, to meet? What kind of shows are they looking to to make? Are they are they looking to do um, you know series that are scripted? Are they looking at doing unscripted shows? Do they want to do movies? Um, do they want to do animation and children's content? So really understanding deeply, and um, you know one of one of the things that uh, I, I remember learning from consulting is is really being a trusted advisor, yeah. and so really looking across the value chain at all your stakeholders from from talent to to the buyers, to the platforms, to the studios, and 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 really understanding what what their needs are, and, and of course, you know, there's there's always um, investors as well, investors who, you know, um, may have, you know, sold a company and and now you know their passion is to invest in storytelling, and you know, understanding what their needs are, what their expectations of of return are. Sometimes those those returns are financial. Sometimes they're creative. Um, sometimes people want to, um, you know, invest in a documentary that, that addresses a, a socially relevant issue for them. Um, so really being mindful of, of what people are looking for and, and trying to address that. You know, what I can sense is this is a really exciting time and space to be in. On one end, there is this whole explosion of people wanting content right. because of the shift and, you know, the whole digitization of how we consume the content. And all these platforms coming into play almost at the same time as if you know this was planned in some way. Yeah. And on the other end, like you mentioned, you know, people have these interesting ideas, and and you know the markets are almost coming to age, right? In in many different uh, perspectives. So give us a sense of what your day looks like. <laughs> um, it's you know it's it's different day to day, but I would say that. Um, you know, right now I'm not in India. So mm -hmm. my day starts with, uh, you know, a lot of uh, emails and, and WhatsApp messages. I think WhatsApp is really a, a dominant way of communicating mm -hmm. in India. So, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's waking up to, um, to uh, quite a few uh, WhatsApp messages and emails. Um, but, you know, once, once I'm clearing that, there's obviously, um, you know, catching up with my colleagues in Bombay. Uh, we have a fairly, uh, you know, we have a team of about 30 people there. And so it's uh, tracking what's happening with uh, some of our key projects. Um, and then there will um, be a few client calls. Um, you know, some of the clients I directly work with and understanding um, where we might be with, you know, a certain project of theirs or, um, you know, in some instances, firefighting. Um, you know, if there, if there isn't, you know, there might be an issue with the release or uh, there might be, you know, that, that one deal point that, uh, 
you know, we just can't um, get over. Or, or it could be, um, you know, notes about a, a particular script that they've written and, and, and going through that. Um, and so that's usually how, um, you know, right now, these past six months um, being outside of India, um, my time has been comprised. My mornings are very filled with India. And then um, the afternoons are um, typically um, in conversations with folks in Los Angeles. Um, talking to our colleagues out there about different opportunities we're exploring. Um, and, you know, there, there's a lot of um, interest in India right now. Yes. Uh, you know, there's, there's a significant amount of interest in India right now. Uh, you know, initially driven, I think, by the entry of, of the streamers of Netflix and Amazon. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of um, companies and, and talent are um, deliberately looking at India and trying to understand, hey, how can, how can I do something out there um, whether it's from a creative or a, or a business perspective. So having a lot of those kinds of conversations. Um, and then, um, and then the evening, it picks up again with India. <laughs> um, so, so that's sort of how it goes. I, I would say that my schedule tends to be a little bit more of a, you know, Sunday night to Friday afternoon schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, so Sunday night you're, you're really, Mumbai is getting its week started. Um, but it, but it varies. Um, but yeah, I think, I think what's, what's really exciting about, about, this job, Nathan, is that um, you're really getting to balance the business side and the creative side. So there might be complex deal negotiations, but you're also uh, getting to, you know, read an exciting book and, and seeing it come to fruition. Yeah, which, you know, brings two questions to my mind. I, I'm hoping you're enjoying the beautiful landscape that you have in front of you and uh, making time for that. Uh, but also, how do you define success? Mm. <laughs> Um, you know, it's, it's funny. I think that you grow up, um, as a, you know, middle-class kid in a suburb of LA thinking it's uh, financial. Um, and, uh, and there, there perhaps is an element to that. Um, but I think for me, and, and I think I'm blessed um, to say this is that I think that it, 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 for me, it's, it's about really just putting together, um, great content. And I think, um, you know, we, we are in such an interesting time where um, storytelling isn't always just about entertaining, but it can also inspire, it can also educate. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, in, in a country like India, which is so diverse and has such tremendous opportunity um, to be able to work with talent that want, you know, at the end of the day, I'm an Indian American. Like as much as I have lived in India for more than a decade now, I am not a full Indian, right? And and so, but but my talent, the, the talent we work with, they are, and they have such dynamic, unique, strong perspectives about the country they've grown up in and where it's headed. And to be able to enable that is is certainly um, success to me. Um, I also think that to enable a team. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people don't go to college in India wanting to be agents or managers for writers mm -hmm. and directors and actors. Um, people tend to shy away from media and entertainment in mm -hmm. India because it's viewed as, you know, uh, a business that's, um, you know, nepotistic, corrupt, you know, any, any word that you can think of that maybe we've heard of from friends and family growing up hearing about Bollywood. And yes, it's tremendous. It's amazing. It's great storytelling, but no, you don't want your kids to work in Bollywood, right? That's, that's not, that's not a good idea. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's an industry, it's a business and it's a thriving business and there's tremendous opportunity, um, with, with the Indian media and entertainment sector. And so, um, 
we put a lot of um, effort into training our team and, and hiring um, great colleagues and, and really, you know, taking, taking the best of management practices from India, some of the best management practices that, um, you know, some of us have learned in the West, either through, you know, consulting or working at law firms or studios and bringing all that to bear. Um, so I think having a team that's highly collaborative, um, you know, and, and, and um, really thrives on a high, you know, high performance based culture, all of those things are, are also are really important to us, but but at the core, it's it's about enabling great content, and I think that's what's most exciting to us. Any work or or a product that you're extremely proud of that you want to talk about briefly? Um, gosh, there's I mean, there's so many. I'm I'm so excited about Sacred Games, which was yeah. cutting edge. I mean, it was you know it sort of put you know if, if five years ago when we talk about doing high quality episodic content, people would say that no that's not going to happen. And then sacred games happened. Mm -hmm. um, you know, then, a, then a show like Patalok happened. Yeah. Um, a show like Lila happened, you know? And so, you know, all of these shows, and, and these are shows that I think that we've been directly involved in putting together, but then there's some of our clients projects like lipstick under my Burka. lipstick mm -hmm. under my Burka was banned in India initially. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, 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 you know, we're extremely, extremely proud of Alangpratha and, and what she accomplished with that film. And then there's, of course, Masan, um, which which dealt with a lot of, um, you know, dealt with cast issues. And, and Varun Grover and uh, Neeraj Gavan did that film. Um, client of ours, Vikram Motwani, produced that film. So there's just a lot of, I think a lot of stuff we're very, very proud of in terms of um, projects. And there's some really exciting things that, that we're working on right now, too, that, that you guys should look forward to. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Tell me one thing that uh, you've learned since you became an entrepreneur, something that you learned about yourself that you either previously didn't know or you were surprised with. Uh, sure. I think, I, I think I learned, I, I guess I'll, I learned how to be patient. Um, and I think that um, I didn't think that I could be as patient. Mm -hmm. And I believe that, you know, being a, you know, an Indian American who, you know, went the traditional route of going into management consulting, it's, it's very structured and laid out for you. Yeah. You know, you, you work for a certain amount of years and you're either going to rise to partner or you're going to go to, go to grad school and, and come back or go do something else. So it was very structured, not, not easy by any means, but, yeah. but the, the path is well um, charted out for you, so yeah. to speak. Mm, I think starting a business in particular in India and then in media and entertainment, um, a lot of resistance, right? And, and, and because of that, it, it took a lot of patience and I, I really didn't know I was this patient. Uh, but I also learned that, um, I, um, am, have a lot of tenacity right? <laughs> and a lot of willingness to, stick it through mm -hmm. and um, not be um, phased by the word no. Yeah. Um, so I think I've learned a lot about um, resilience and the ups and downs. I think that, um, you know, when you go off the sort of that traditional path of, you know, management and consulting and, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, grad school and those things. And then you start a business and you realize, wow, this isn't as easy as I thought it was. Yeah. And you don't have money and you run out of money. 
um, you know, those are the times when you're like, wait a minute, did I, you know, wow, did I just give up something that was just so quote unquote easy then, right? Everything else feels easy then. Um, so I think I learned a lot about myself in, in those times. I, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but I think that, you know, I think that I guess maybe resilience is the right word. You know, obviously I'm still learning resilience, but I think that's something that I didn't think I had as much of perhaps. And it's a quest, right? And in, in a lot of ways, you know, you kind of said this, but you couldn't have found an, you know, another kind of extreme, right? You went from something that was not necessarily easy, but set in a lot of ways and going into this across the border, across, you know, coming from a, a country that's pretty set, going into something that tends to thrive on chaos, right? And in an industry that's nothing compared to what consulting is. So you, you almost found the opposite extreme and said, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, 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 uh, totally. I, I was like, let me set myself up for a fun challenge. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, 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 it's great because, you know, we, we grow up as, um, you know, Indian Americans and, you mm -hmm. know, obviously in, in America, you know, even though you're, you might be born American, you're still often viewed as Indian. And if yes. you're in India, you're viewed as American. Yep. So, um, to, to sort of negotiate those two different um, backgrounds has, has been fascinating. And I think being in India, which is where my parents are from and, and you know, where so much, so much of our family's from, it's been very grounding in a way, I would say, right? Because you're really able to understand um, both cultures, which, which are essentially where you come from. Yeah, and the great thing from, from all of this, you know, uh, kudos to your persistence and, and resilience, you not only have survived in this industry, you're thriving. So. So that's something to take credit for. It makes me want to ask you, what did you want to be as, you know, when you were a child, what was your dream? Um, so yeah, look, when, when, um, when I was three, we lived in this small town called Taft, California, yeah. which was about three hours outside of Los Angeles. Yeah. And in, um, in Artesia, which is where, you know, there's a little India, yeah. Um, there's this guy, Babu uncle at Nimasari palace, and he would send us five VHS tapes every week. And so, um, you know, me and my sisters, we grew up watching all these Bollywood films. And, um, so there's always this interest in entertainment. Um, and, you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, I grew up doing theater and acting. So I was very interested in that space. Um, and, um, I think, I think what happened for me was as much as I was in love with, with acting and I did a lot of um, plays in, in college uh, and worked for a theater company, I, I really was excited by the, by the business side of it as well. And I felt that balancing those two um, could be, could be really um, interesting because you, I think you need to have the business savvy, right? And I think the business savvy can be, can be taught, mm -hmm. but um, being, sensitive to creative people and to really understand them and what they want to do. I felt that, um, you know, had I not had that, um, that desire to, to act and to understand that side of me, I don't think I would have been able to sort of add value in, in that regard. And I would say that it's funny, Nathan, because a lot of our colleagues at Tulsi, they have all in some way touched, I would say the creative side, right? Whether it was um, by writing Mm -hmm. or um, by creative producing or, or being artists. I think that everyone, even though they have tremendous business savvy, um, I think that, that there's a part of them that, that is creative. And, and what, what, what I've always felt, and I think that this is where some entertainment industries are challenged is because they focus on the business side 
slightly more than the creative side. And I think, I think you have to be 51% creative, 49% business. And I think, I think when, when you fail to do that, I think you see challenges with how content's made and eventually um, distributed. Yeah, it's almost like you're missing the emotional intelligence or the empathy that it takes to, especially in a, in a field, you know, in the creative field, not right. having that level of empathy, it's, it's almost like you're, you're set up for failure. That's right. That's right. And, and what we'll see is, is with, you know, the, the, the companies, the producers, uh, the executives that respect that, those are the ones that will thrive, right? Because content is getting commoditized, yeah. right? There's so much content getting made mm -hmm. that, that you don't have time to watch even, even a sliver of it anymore, mm -hmm. right? And so in that world, I think that the, the folks that really try to enable and, and foster, um, you know, creative talent, of course, there has to be, you know, checks and balances in there. It, it is a business and there has to be, you know, sort of um, fiscal financial discipline. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think that you have to, you have to balance a little bit more on the creative side and the business side. You know, being in the, the creative and the entertainment industry, it'd be remiss if I didn't ask you this question, who's your hero and you know, whether <laughs> a fictional or a, or a real character and what advice would you ask of him or her? You know, um, I, uh, I watched a movie called Dark Waters, um, which was, uh, which came out, I think last year, it's on the DuPont, um, hmm. water scandal. Yeah. And, um, when I watched this movie, I was, um, appalled at, um, you know, at sort of the, the, the corporate corruption and, and all of those things. Um, but I was inspired by, um, the protagonist of the film, which was this lawyer who really against all odds was, um, was uh, fighting against this multi-billion dollar corporation. Uh, his name is Rob Billet. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, after watching this movie, I, I reached out to him and um, it, it was, it was phenomenal because my, my comment to him was you're a hero, mm -hmm. right? For, for two or three decades, you're fighting against this massive entity mm -hmm. um, and, and no real support. And, and you are going after them because they have done things that are just sort of horrible yeah. and, um, and you're winning. Mm -hmm. And so how do you take your traits of heroism and how do we communicate that at scale to people? So people, you know, you're, you, we often probably hear of an issue and we want to do something about it, but we don't because we're like, gosh, I can never make a change, yeah. right? It's insurmountable. Mm -hmm. So in the face of seemingly insurmountable um, odds, he did this. So I asked him, I said, Rob, how, how do you do it? And he's just like, I think I'm just stubborn. <laughs> so I just think I'm stubborn. And um, so Rob is definitely a hero for me. And I did get to ask him advice. And I think there's something to uh, being stubborn. And, um, and I think especially in the face of when you believe something so much mm -hmm. and uh, to just go after it. I think that when you do things with the right intention, um, you will make mistakes, but, uh, um, you know, if you, if you keep going at it, then, then there's something to that. And I, I, and I mentioned that movie because it blew me away. I watched it just a couple of months ago, but when, when you see what this guy went through and the fact that he's a real person, he's still working at this law firm in Cincinnati, he's still fighting this case 30 years later. Um, it's, it's, it's out of this world. It, it really is superhuman.
Lata, we've talked about quite a few different things. Tell me what has been the kindest thing someone has done for you? Um, my wife, when she married. <laughs> um, you, you know, I think that, um, I, I think that there have been times, um, you know, in my business, two times in particular, where, um, you know, I just had to, you know, ask uh, for money, mm -hmm. you know, and um, to be able to pick up the phone on, um, you know, some very good family and friends and, uh, you know, to be able to, whether it was make payroll mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, uh, you know, just pay rent. <laughs> um, you know, I think, I think um, those things you kind of look back and say, wow, that was, that was really incredible because, you know, I, I've always said that, you know, I, I feel like I've had an advantage starting a business in India um, because I have access to an American credit card, <laughs> right? Because, you know, you, you suddenly have the ability, you have, you have access to, to credit markets, even though the interest rates might not be good, but the reality is sometimes that allows you to keep going. But what do you do when, when you've maxed out your credit cards? <laughs> I remember, um, I remember calling the credit card company once and, um, and they realized that I had too much of a balance outstanding. So then they actually reduced my credit. <laughs> and um, so it's, it's in times like that where, you know, I've had, um, you know, a couple of people in particular that have, have really um, just had my back. And I think that, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful for that because, uh, you know, they didn't have to and they did. And that was incredible. Hopefully you don't, you don't have to do anything close to that now, but if there's <laughs> something that keeps you up at night, you know, all entrepreneurs, we, we have things that bother us. What's that thing for you? Uh, you know, I think it's, it's, there, there, there are a few things. I think that, um, you know, there is, um, I think there's a lot of um, desire to um, continue to build and grow the team. And I think with that, um, you know, if your team is strong, um, you have everything. Um, I think, you know, in an, in an, in an industry that's, that's hyper competitive and um, extremely dynamic, uh, you have to have a solid team that's, um, you know, on the ball, um, you know, entrepreneurial, um, you know, extremely high um, standards when it comes to, you know, ethics and values, um, you know, having the right business savvy and, and also, you know, passion, passionate about, um, you know, creative. So I think that's, that's something certainly, you know, how do you, how do you keep building up the team to continue to do the things you want to do? Um, I think it's also interesting to look at um, sort of um, the market consolidation that's happening. Um, obviously in, in, in the West, we're following um, a lot of the things that are happening around, you know, antitrust and, you know, how does some of this sort of compare to, um, you know, um, the antitrust uh, situations we had in the 80s and, and, and the early 1900s. I think, I think that's interesting to follow because if you have a lot of tech companies with, with amazing access to data and information and, and unlimited um, supply of capital, um, what are the implications for you know, smaller production entities? What are the implications for, for talent? Um, so I think that's, that's something um, doesn't keep me up at night, but I'm certainly, you know, I think these things work themselves out in time. Um, but, but that's, that's, that's interesting as well. And I think that, you know, there's, 
there's just a huge responsibility, right, for for storytellers in general, right? It's it's important to be able to tell you know great entertaining stories, um, but you know to the extent that people are you know the, the entire um, mode of education is changing, right? As we were talking about earlier um, before this call, and so you know if if people are not reading as much, if the next generation of children are consuming content um, as as a, as a form of education. Right. What are all of these areas and, and how do um, media companies, no matter how you know small and we're still a small company, um, no matter how small or how big, how are we um, in, in whatever way we can um, helping helping change that or helping influence that or contributing to that. Um, so there's not there's nothing I would say that, you know, is, is sort of the stress of keeping me up at night uh, in that sense. Um, but uh, those are the things that I'm thinking about, at least. Lots of moving parts, a lot of, lot of dynamism, and you know the one thing I think the pandemic has done is, we talked about the world being a smaller place. It's it's become extremely small over the past few months, and it has its own good and bad sides. Yep. You know, if I were to take that to, to the next step and talk about failure, mm. what's been your favorite failure? Something that has set you up for success later. You may or may not have known that. Then, but when you look back at it, what what would you call your favorite failure? Uh, you know, I don't I don't know if I look at it like that because I think that you're failing if you decide to stop. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, if you keep going, then you haven't failed. Mm -hmm. um, you might be prototyping. You might be learning along the way. But I, I don't think there's you know, and and luckily, you know, I, I've not started a, a. This is the only business I've started, so I, I don't I don't feel like I. I've, I've had a business that's failed yet, but, but, you know, you, you make mistakes certainly throughout the way and, and you're learning um, from those mistakes. Um, you know, every, every time I heard no, right. That, Oh, you know, we, we don't want to deal with an agent that represents writers or mm -hmm. we don't think your model will work in India or it's not done like this here. And no, we don't want to deal with you uh, or your company. I think all of those could have been failures had we stopped. Um, but we didn't. And so, um, so I think it was just learning experiences and it made us, uh, made us uh, make our pitch stronger, made us sign up even more great talent. Right. Um, we, we, we made it so that, you know, working with, with Dulce was, was something that, that you really wanted to do because you knew that we would do a great job of curating and bringing you the best, best talent and content out there. Yeah, it kind of speaks to your resilience, right? When someone said, no, this can't work or this won't happen, you just have to prove them wrong. Yeah, or at least try to. <laughs> Where does the inspiration and the motivation come from? Um, I think, um, I think, I mean, you know, at least for me, you know, we, we grew up, I, I, I'm the youngest, uh, and so, yeah, I think, you know, like all, for, you know, first generation Indian Americans, there's a lot of um, pressure and sometimes that would be financial pressure. Mm -hmm. And so um, knowing when I went to college that, you know, from then on financially, I was going to be responsible for myself. Um, I think that was um, important. So I think that once, once I had the stable consulting job and, and I decided to give that up, there was a very, again, short track to, you know, financial success in that way. So I think that when, 
when I started the business, um, you know, failure really wasn't an option, right? Um, because it was either, and it was fine, you know, obviously you could always go back to a consulting uh, career if you wanted to. But I think that, um, you know, the perhaps uh, some level of, of, of fear of failure gives you the inspiration to not fail. Um, but I, I think, um, I think really just um, doing, doing great work, right? I think that if you're, again, if you're working hard and working with the right intention um, and building a great team and, and, and constantly asking for feedback, right? I think one great thing about, about consulting, I remember, was there was feedback all of the time, right? Yeah. And you're 21 or 22 and, you know, you're getting, you know, um, you know, feedback all of the time about what you could be doing differently and what could you be doing better. And if you're open to that and if you're really a sponge, um, and, and you can sort of then translate that to when you start a business, because the reality is, is you won't know what you're doing uh, yeah. completely when you start a business. Um, especially, you know, when you're, I mean, when you're 28 or 29, which is how old I was. Um, so I think that all of those things, um, sort of have, have given me the drive to work hard, just constantly reflecting and, and, and growing. Um, but, but I, I am, I am really inspired by, um, the ability to, be part of a country and be part of an industry, which is part, partly mine, right? As an Indian American, mm -hmm. to be able to add value to that, right? I think, uh, I think the ability to help um, creators tell stories and, and, and look how much media and entertainment inspires us, right? It inspires you to wear the shirt you're wearing, the way, the way you do your hair, right? All of these things are inspired by media and entertainment. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm very inspired to, um, to be part of um, enabling that. And, and with such an, look, you know, so many Indians don't want to leave India anymore. They want to stay there because there are more opportunities, mm -hmm. right? And so um, to be able to contribute to that, um, to that evolving, um, exciting and, and positive cultures is really, is really cool. So true. And, you know, as you've navigated what has been an exciting journey for you, have you used a coach or a mentor along the process? Yeah, absolutely. Um, innumerable, right? I mean, so many, so many of them, whether it was Shaker Kapoor, um, you know, I, I didn't know anything about media and entertainment before, before I started working with him because I had never done a consulting engagement in media and entertainment, right? Um, so I didn't know that much about the business side. Then, um, you know, I met a, a great guy, Barry Osborne, who's uh, the producer of Lord of the Rings. Um, you know, very early on, he was, um, you know, extremely, extremely helpful. Um, Manmohan Shetty, Yep. Um, you know, also just a gem of a guy and, and super helpful. Um, and, um, you know, so many, in fact, I would say that, you know, even, uh, you know, even when we bring on colleagues that are younger mm -hmm. and who are, uh, have a much better understanding of Snapchat and TikTok okay. and all these things. I mean, they, they'd be, I, I didn't know how, to, <laughs> I didn't know how to put up an Instagram story. Right. And I wanted to, Put up an Instagram story about some of our clients' projects, and and you know, and, and so they're they're coaching me uh, along the process for that. So I think that um, I think that you know, at, at different stages of our lives and careers, um, you know, it's 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 smart to have mentors that are perhaps uh, younger than us because they're just more clued in. Um, but yeah, I've certainly benefited tremendously from you know from the time I graduated college because. Because the thing is, right, just like, you know, as, as, as folks, um, you know, in our, in our, um, you know, that are fairly, you know, been in, been in our careers for, for some time now, 
we are lucky to have um, been 21, 22, 23. So we're able to coach them and we're able to give them the tools. So I think, um, you know, I was blessed that people early on, um, you know, guided me in in the right way. Um, And and really, I think what they really just said was, you know, be a sponge and and work really hard and learn as much as you can. Right. And I think it's, it's the, again, there's no formula for success, but I think that those just no matter no matter how the world changes and no matter um, you know how technology replaces certain jobs, I think that the fundamentals stay the fundamentals. Right. So true. And in along those lines, in in terms of learning, are there any books or podcasts that that are your favorites or go to? Um, books. Uh, yeah, I like. Uh, there's there's a book I read that called The Content Trap, mm-hmm. which is a really interesting book. Uh, about sort of how the media and entertainment landscape is evolving. Um, there is another book called The Rise and Fall of Nations, which mm-hmm. talks about, you know, sort of what are some of the key characteristics that contribute to the success of a country, mm-hmm. um, whether it's, you know, you know, the number of, um, you know, the, 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 the workable, the, the workforce, mm-hmm. uh, the employable workforce, um, you know, it goes into something like, you know, billionaires that are, um, you know, uh, really self-made billionaires versus perhaps rent-seeking billionaires. Um, so that's an interesting one. There's another really interesting one, which I'll, which I'll um, have to dig up the name and tell you, but it's, it's by, um, gosh, if I, could, if I could find it, I would tell you. But yeah, I'll, I'll message it to you later. But it's, um, it's a book by this um, Greek finance minister about, um, about capitalism. And he did a really, even though I studied econ, econ in college, he did a really good job of explaining um, capitalism, finance, economics, just from a layman's perspective. And so that, that was really good, especially in today's times, right, where we're all trying to sort of understand, uh, you know, how, how um, you know, certain things that we really believed in, whether it's the markets, I mean, the markets are doing fine right now, but in general, some of the, some of the assumptions that we held to be truer are potentially failing us. Mm-hmm. Um, just this is a really good uh, grounding example that I, that I found helpful sense of all of this but maybe yeah. i can ask you instead of a book and a podcast we should ask you uh, a tv series or a movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah there are so many <laughs> um, you know it's it's i mean there are just there's just such great um content out there i mean i love you know there's a show i'm watching right now called rectify mm-hmm. which was um you know, originally made it in 2013, um, Sundance Channel's, you know, first original show. It's just an incredible show, just phenomenal writing. Um, yeah, there's there's obviously the, the stuff that everyone's aware of, The Wire, The Breaking Bad, all, all of those shows are, are, are great shows. Um, but uh, in terms of, um, in terms of, you know, I, I watched a docuseries, which I really liked, called The Men Who Built America. And that goes into sort of the lives of like J.P. Morgan, Yes. and um, Vanderbilt and, and um, Rockefeller. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to draw parallels from sort of the, the Gilded Age to some of the things we're dealing with now. In fact, mm-hmm. um, when you, when you I remember, when, when, you know, there's sort of this whole notion of Bezos and what he's doing in DC and, and building the right relationships and his acquisition of the post. And there's a lot of parallels you can draw from that Yes. And J.P. Morgan in Washington D.C. in the in the late 1800s. Um, so yeah, I think that uh, a lot of just uh, what's really exciting is is content that that studies history. I think uh, can tell us a lot about um, today, just like history books did. 
to switch gears into you know from learning to fun what do you do to wind down and just kind of kick back and have fun watch tv and movies <laughs> um, you know that's the, that's the greatest thing about my job is um you know it was funny last friday um one of our client shows came out the, the gone game and so it's great at 2 p.m on a friday to say Hey, <laughs> let's watch some TV. Um, and obviously I have to, but I really want to. Um, so um, that's a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, at any given point, um, you know, we're really, we're really lucky. Um, you know, almost every week or other week, one of our clients uh, films or TV shows is coming out. And then, so there's, there's watching those things, which is a great joy. And, um, and then getting to watch all the other amazing um, content that's, that's coming out. And getting to watch a lot of that before anybody else can. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes we do. Um, uh, you know, we're either watching uh, rough cuts um, or yeah, or previews, which which is nice, which is nice to be able to do. Um, this was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for the time to join us. I know you leave you lead a pretty busy life. We really appreciate no. having you <laughs> on here, and uh, we'd love to bring you back on. And you know, see what what other things you've brought into the portfolio at Tulsi. So thank you once again, and we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Nathan. It was it was fun. Thank you.